This is a Taste to Consider podcast. I am your host, Derek Silver, and I am back. Yes, I am finally back. Episode 5. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yes, indeed. I am feeling good. Uh, it's Saturday night, uh, late night, um, 1 a.m. Saturday night, technically Sunday morning. I'm recording late as usual. I pretty much feel real comfortable uh, doing a lot of my creative work on a late night. I'm a night owl. On the weekends, I can stay up to sometimes almost 5 o'clock in the morning and just be doing stuff if, if I'm not, you know, chilling. But let me start you off with what I'm drinking. Yes, um, if you are a first-time listener to A Taste to Consider podcast, I incorporate my drink and cigar choices into my episodes. Um, today, I picked up uh, a Jack Daniels, uh Gentleman Jack. Uh, it's a whiskey, Tennessee whiskey. And I also picked up today a... Romeo, Julieta, uh, Cedro Deluxe Number 2 Cigar. And the Gentleman Jack tastes very good. It has a sweet aftertaste to it. Not strong. Uh, it goes well with the cigar. Um, the cigar, this is my first time having this one. And it's not strong. It's, it's very light. Um, uh the f- <laughs> funny thing about it is when I uh, unwrapped it, I saw like some white spots on it. And so uh, as I've stated in my first episode, you know, I'm a newbie to uh, knowing the cigars and everything. So I'm still learning a lot as I'm going. So I'm looking at the damn cigar and I see the white spots on it. I'm like, man, shit, I'm going to have to take this joint back. I, I can't do this. So I was about to go upstairs and get another one that I got up there. So I decided to look it up to see if it was mold or not. And what I found was that it wasn't mold. It's called plume. Plume or balloon. And it said, uh, talking about the differences between mold and plume or bloom. It says, mold leaves a stain when it's removed, but plume comes off without a mark. Plume or bloom is good. Essentially... This is solidified oil, which usually is a sign that your cigars are aging well. So I proceeded to wipe it off, and it came right off. Uh, no problems or anything, so I felt comfortable, man. You know, I learned something new about my cigar journey. But take a puff. Yeah, it's a, it's a real good cigar. It's very light. You can't even, when you take puffs, you can't even tell that you're actually smoking a cigar. It's just, you take your puff and you don't inhale, you blow that smoke out. You can't even tell. It's not strong. You don't, you know, you don't feel it uh, when you're taking the puffs. So, I have a interesting uh, episode that... I will be doing today. Um, 
from my first episode, you know, I told you I'll be talking about a lot of things. Um, a lot of stuff will be centered around mental health because I feel that, you know, mental health is very important and a lot of things that go on in the world has to stem from mental health. But let me get to, uh, I got a clip and I'm going to play this clip and then I'll go into a little more about uh, what the episode is about. Um, matter of fact, let me let me talk about uh, some things that have been going on lately since the last time you heard from me. Um, it's August and um, August what twenty fifth. So I guess it's it's been yeah it's August twenty fifth. So it's been a month since this uh, most recent um, moment in my life has happened, and I was able to uh, a month ago, July twenty fifth to be exact, I. Uh, had the pleasure of speaking on a panel for Minority Mental Health Month. And the panel was at, uh, excuse me, the panel was at the ATF headquarters in uh, Washington, D.C., you know, where I'm from. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a, a great moment, a great, uh, a great time in my life. It was, um, it was something that was, you know, <laughs> new to me, so to speak. I have done uh, public speaking in the past. Um, I went to school for it. I've uh, been trained in public speaking, um, but this was uh, a little different. Uh, for one, it was my first time really being on a stage uh, with other people talking about the same thing. A lot of people had um, a lot of experience uh, in the mental health uh, advocacy. Um, So uh, I'm not going to lie. I felt a little intimidated at first because... um, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a doctor. So, you know, I'm just basically up there speaking on my experiences, which I am I'm, I'm comfortable with. Uh, you know, I've been doing it on my blog for uh, two years now, about to be three years. And, you know, I've just started on uh, my podcast and I talk about it a lot on my social media page, which is uh, greatest dot i dot am dot blog that's on instagram i only use instagram uh, but that's my blog page on instagram and you know i post things uh from time to time and i talk about a lot of my experiences excuse me but back to the panel uh so yeah i was a little intimidated at first uh i was uh had the the normal uh jitters and everything um and what the panel was sent centered around was uh mental health in the law enforcement community and that was another reason why I was kind of intimidated uh because I have no law enforcement experience but um 
I was asked to, you know, still speak on the panel. And, you know, uh, this opportunity came about uh, from my blog, and um, which was a good thing. It, it, it helped me to uh, see that, you know, to just keep pushing, keep going, because, you know, somebody always out there watching you. And uh, the panel was, I think, uh, a little over an hour. Um, we were asked uh, questions uh, from a moderator. Um, I didn't get a, a chance to speak a lot as much as I would have wanted to. I pretty much only had one moment during the panel where I spoke. And it kind of bothered me because I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to speak more. I wanted to, you know, uh, talk more about my experiences and stuff like that. And I kind of felt like, you know, I was kind of out of my realm or whatever. But after the the panel was over, I had several people come up to me and thank me for, you know, the things that I said and everything. And it hit home with a lot of people. And then I got more confirmation uh, days later after the panel was over and stuff. And I made some contacts, which was uh, definitely a good thing. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a good moment for me, a good opportunity. I'm looking forward to even more opportunities where I can speak on panels and, you know, share my experiences with, with other folks and, you know, try to help them through their uh their journey uh with mental illness and to better uh their mental health and another thing that i have going on well happened uh since the last time you spoke to me i wrote a new blog piece and it's on my blog greatestiamblog.com and that blog post is titled uh i am vulnerable and I just, you know, speak about an experience that I had when I went to a, a, a men's conference at uh, the historic Alfred Street Baptist Church that's in uh, Virginia, Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia. And, yeah, it was a good experience, and it inspired me to, you know, uh, write write something about it. So... Check that out, uh, greatestiamblog.com, uh, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog. Yeah, so uh, let me get into the clip. And <laughs> no, matter of fact, <laughs> and I don't mean to keep uh, going around the clip, but let's talk about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> This this joint been going crazy, and uh, so I had the sandwich, and I'm a big chicken sandwich fan. I love Chick-fil-A, and the crazy thing about all of this, I knew Popeye's had a, a chicken sandwich for a while before social media blew it up, and the last time I was in Popeye's was probably uh, a month or a month and a half before all the commotion started. And I saw that they had a chicken sandwich. I was like, I'm going to come back and try it. But I never did. So then all of a sudden, it started blowing up on social media. And everybody talking about how great it is, how it's better than Chick-fil-A. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I got to try this chicken sandwich because there's no way that I believe that this chicken sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. Um... 
So I go, I try to go get the sandwich at least two times, and the lines was crazy. So I was like, man, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not sitting in no damn line for no damn chicken sandwich. So I just drove off and was like, forget it. I get it when I get it. If I don't, I don't. I really don't care. <laughs> so I was at uh, work Monday, and my boss and my coworker came in from lunch, and they went to Popeye's and got the sandwich, and they was telling me how crazy the line was and stuff at the one that they went to. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, nah, yeah, I guess I ain't. I ain't going to go get it today. So my coworker opened that uh, wrapper up. That just started smelling good as hell, man. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm going to have to go try this chicken sandwich just to get this out the way. So I opened my phone, and I look, and I look up Popeyes in the area where I worked at. So it was like at least four Popeyes in, in my area. So I strategically went through and looked at the map, and I already know the area, uh, who lived where or whatever. So this this crazy. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to go to none of the Popeyes in the black areas because I know that's where all of them at. So I found this Popeyes that was in the cut, and I knew, like, a lot of uh, Hispanics and Latinos lived in that area. So I was like, I'm going to go to that one. So sure enough, I went to that one. Lines wasn't long. I went right into the drive-thru, got the chicken sandwich. So I'm like, cool. Go back to work, see how this junk tasting. Take me about 15 minutes to get back to work. I open the sandwich, uh, proceed to eat it. I bite the sandwich, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, this damn sandwich is fucking trash. <laughs> the sandwich was trash. The sandwich was not good. It's average as at best. And I'm trying to figure out what the hell is everybody talking about that they really thinking that Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A's spicy chicken sandwich. And then, for real, for real, it's not even better than Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. It's not even better than Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. So I'm like, man, all this damn commotion for this chicken sandwich and this joint is trash. So I'm thinking to myself, man, here we go again. Everybody caught up into the matrix. Everybody caught up into the matrix. Everybody doing this following. So everybody got this collective conscious going on that this sandwich is so great. And it really isn't. And I'm just like, damn. I'm like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. All of us. And I'm saying us because... It ain't, I went and got the chicken sandwich too. But I'd be damned if I'm going to sit here and say that chicken sandwich was just as good or better than Chick-fil-A junk because it wasn't. <laughs> it's not. The junk barely has any flavor to it. It's just like how Popeye's chicken is. All the flavor is just in the skin. At least with the Chick-fil-A junk, you actually taste the seasons in, in, uh, <laughs> in the chicken. And... What's crazy about it is I I recently found out that Chick-fil-A marinades their, their chicken in pickle juice. Yeah, you heard me. They marinate their chicken in pickle juice. So for all y'all people out there that be buying them Chick-fil-A sandwiches and be talking about no pickles, <laughs> the whole damn chicken is marinated in pickle juice. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, man, here we go. We caught up in the Matrix, man. And it's been reported over the past several days. At one point, they were saying that all this advertisement and all this this posting and stuff that everybody has been doing on social media has been about 20-something million dollars worth of advertisement for Popeyes. And that was just a few days ago. I was in the car today, and they were saying that it's up to $40 million now. $40 million of free advertisement for Popeyes. All that damn money that, <laughs> that we have made Popeyes. Capitalism. Straight capitalism. <laughs> I'm just floored at this, man, because this sandwich is trash. And it's, the lines are still crazy till this day. Today. They still crazy. Man, I I I will I'm not gonna sit here and act like that. I've never been a part of this collective conscious following that's been going on. Because I I can remember uh I was probably like what um 2021 and I remember going to the dang on video game store. I think it was think it was GameStop. And this was after I got off my part-time job, which was in the evenings. I got off at probably like uh, 10 o'clock. I went and stood in the line of that GameStop for Madden, Madden video game. So I won't, <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not criticizing nobody because I feel like, you know, when anytime that I speak, I'm always going to be like, we because we all do it to some degree it may not be in the same instance or for the same thing but we all do something that's similar so yeah i was 20 years old standing in line probably until like one two o'clock in the morning for a damn madden video game and it's still and it's still crazy today people still standing in line for jordans and stuff being pressed and it's just crazy man capitalism capitalism Capitalism. It's crazy. So let me take a second to get a sip. Yeah. So I'm going to get into this clip. Finally. Yes, finally. Boy, capitalism. All right. So this clip is Malcolm X. And you'll hear what, what he's talking about. One second called leaders. This included Lena Horne. This included Dick Gregory. And this included comedians, comics, trumpet players, baseball players. Show me in the white community where a comedian is a white leader. Show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader, or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders. These are puppets and clowns that uh, have been set up over the white community and or over the black community by the white community and have been made celebrities and usually say exactly what uh, they know that the white man wants to hear these leaders that they... Okay, and once again, that was uh, Malcolm X, and he was basically talking about um, celebrities uh, being propped up as leaders of the community, and he was particularly talking about the black community. So you probably know where I'm about to be going with this episode. Um, I posted this on uh, Instagram on my instagram page uh taste to consider podcast on instagram go ahead and follow me 
Um, so yeah, I posted this on Instagram, and the caption that I put on here, this was how I was feeling at the moment. Uh, after hearing this uh this clip, and uh with all the drama that's going on with the deal that Jay Z uh has, the partnership that he has with uh his company Rock Nation and the NFL. So this is the caption. Folks are so romanticized by celebrity, they're blind to the facts. Think for yourselves. We will continue to be in these situations because we're following behind folks that are programmed just like us, but they are touted at a higher level in the social spectrum, and we believe their voice matters more than ours. That's how I was feeling at the moment, uh, hearing that clip and all the stuff that's been going on, uh, the the aftermath with uh, Jay-Z uh, making the deal, the partnership with the NFL. And, you know, it's, it's basically been a, a uproar ever since he's made the deal. You know, folks uh, behind him and a lot, uh, that I have seen, a lot of folks have been uh, against the the partnership that he's made and him, period, and uh, how he went about it. So, what I what I found, uh, I'm just gonna basically. Everything that I'm going to be speaking about is my opinions, how I feel. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, promote them as being facts. These are just my opinions, how I feel. Um, So I'm not going to sit here and have a blind debate by me being the only person speaking. I don't want to have a debate, period. I want to have a discussion. And what's interesting when uh, I was thinking about all of this, um, I looked up the word debate. And the definition of debate, um, uh, one second, I'm trying to pull it up. Um, The definition of debate is a formal discussion on a particular topic in a public meeting or legislative assembly in which opposing arguments are put forward. Um, Yeah, I'm not interested in having a debate. Um, Another... uh, part that goes with um, the definition of debate is saying that uh, debates are um, with it being a formal discussion that uh, things are based on opinions, uh, facts, etc, etc. I'm just trying to have a discussion. And by me saying have a discussion, I'm just stating my opinions. I'm not bringing no, no facts to to anything. I'm not even trying to have a a argument about it because um, I am a fan of Jay-Z in terms of music. 
Um, but I'm not behind him in how with I'm not behind him in the partnership and uh how he went about it. So I'm gonna play another clip and this clip is uh him making a answering a question from uh Charlemagne the God after they uh announced the partnership. So here we go. People have is they want to know how you could partner with the league on social justice when Colin Kaepernick, who brought it to the attention of the masses by peacefully protesting against social injustices, still out of a job. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that um uh I think we take it back. I think that we we forget that Colin's whole thing was to bring attention to social injustice, correct? So uh, in, that, in that case, right, this is a success, right? This is the, the next thing, right? Because there's two parts of protesting. You go outside and you protest, and then the company or the individual say, I hear you. What do we do next? Right? So for me, there was, for me, this is, for me, it was like action, actionable item. What are we going to do with it? Like everyone heard, and we hear what you're saying, and everybody know I agree with what you're saying. So, what are we gonna do? <laughs> and I took that clip from um, Tariq Elite's Instagram page, and I forgot that it had that <laughs> that banjo music on it. That's <laughs> hilarious to me right now, because uh, Tariq Elite, if you don't know, he's uh, the guy behind the Hidden Colors movies. Um, very good documentaries. Um, he recently uh, released Hidden Colors 5. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that daggone music was on there. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, that was the statement he made. What I found interesting was uh, when Charlemagne asked him the question. After Charlemagne asked him the question, Jay-Z's body language. I thought that was very interesting because he uh, f- he was fidgeting. Uh, after Charlemagne asked him the question. And from my experience, uh, when somebody asks you a question and you start fidgeting like that, you you feeling a little nervous or you 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 feeling uncomfortable. And I felt like in that moment after that question, he was he felt very uncomfortable. You can even hear it in the statement that he made because uh, he really didn't say anything, <laughs> which I thought was very interesting. He didn't give any details about uh, the the partnership or and he also didn't uh <laughs> didn't didn't say uh how um him and rock nation were in the in the field their partnership was gonna um be and push social injustice or change the the dynamic of it or push the the protest part that cap played in it he didn't say anything all all he said was that you know um (laughs) all he said was that you know protesting is and i'm just paraphrasing he was saying that you know we protested now what and to me i felt like he he dismissed protesting 
And I feel like he uh, dismissed Colin Kaepernick's protest and the other guys that have been kneeling uh, with Cap. And one of those uh, guys is Eric Reed. And I'm going to find his tweets. Um, he put out some tweets after all of this. And um, let me see if I can find them. I had them ready. And, of course, when it's time to record, they aren't here. Um, let me see. Okay, one of his quotes was, these aren't mutually exclusive. They can both happen at the same time. It looks like your goal was to make millions and millions of dollars by assisting the NFL in burying Colin's career. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with that tweet. And, like I said, I felt like he was dismissing uh, protesting and Caps protesting as well as the other guys who are kneeling in the NFL. And I feel like um, he's profiting off um, the whole woke movement. And I feel like what's, what I feel is interesting is uh, I feel like a lot of people, well, I'm not going to say a lot. I have noticed that, you know, people have profited off of being woke. And it, it had me going back to his 444 album and how, it, to me, I was like, damn, now it kind of makes sense to me why he made that album. Because for, you know, Jay-Z ain't never talked about, really t had a whole album where he talked about being woke and certain things that's going on in the climate of America or the black community, so to speak. He mainly spoke on, you know, individual things, things, you know, about his life. And granted, he would drop certain jewels um, in his raps that, uh, you know, uh, you can consider being woke, but um, it's kind of, it, it kind of makes me feel how, uh, how mental health is, is, is swaying now. Uh, you didn't hear a lot of people uh, talking about uh, mental health a few years ago. Now you see a lot of people speaking about mental health and you see seeing you're seeing a lot of people making profits off of mental health. You know, people writing books, uh people out here speaking and stuff. So I kinda see those two those two uh, movements or topics have become very profitable, you know capitalism that's that's what it <laughs> that's what this country is about capitalism they say um i forgot what i was watching uh last night and it was a quote uh and the guy said you know uh my dad told me never to uh 
do anything I love for free or something like that. I'm paraphrasing because I forgot. It was it was late at night when I was watching it. But yeah, this is the country that we this is what the country is about, capitalism. So despite you having a cause or having a purpose, uh it's always gonna be a point in that in that cause or that purpose where you'll be able to be profitable off of it. But with the woke movement and parallel parallel oh, I'm all messed up. Parallel Laren, I can't even say it say the damn word right. But you you know what I'm saying. Siding it with uh mental health it's it's like it's becoming profitable. So and as we know, Jay Z's talked about it in his raps. Talked about how you know I'm a business man. You know that's what he's about. Jay Z is about capitalism. And <laughs> like what was funny to me about all the uproar and stuff, I, I wasn't too surprised that he made the made the deal. You know and. Like, just looking at, I'm looking at some of his uh, lyrics right now, and uh, these lyrics right here are from the uh, Moment of Clarity song on the Black album, and and this was just, this was like the first thing I thought of when all this stuff was going on and everybody was in the uproar and stuff, and here we go. He says, uh, if scale sold, truth be told, I probably be lyrically Talib Kweli. Truthfully, I want to rhyme like common sense, but I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. When your sense got that much in common and you've been hustling since, your inception, fuck perception, go with what makes sense. Listen to what he said. (laughs) He basically said, you know, I wouldn't mind being a woke rapper, but it ain't making it ain't gonna make no money. And this was back during the uh the black album. But then he makes the 444 album. When is when is around the time the 444 album? That's when all the, you know, the more um notice has been going on with the, you know, black males getting killed and stuff. So why wouldn't it make sense for him to make a 444 album? Being woke is profitable. Capitalism. Capitalism. So, yeah. <laughs> Man, I was just I was just floored because I'm like, you know, not to not to put aside anything that Jay-Z has done, because Jay-Z has done a lot of like charitable work and stuff like that. And you know, He's had things that he's, you know, he's done behind the scenes where he he wanted to keep quiet and stuff like that, you know, uh, bailing people out of jail and stuff like that. He was involved with the uh, Trayvon Martin uh, uh, family and foundation and things like that. But I feel like this situation, you know, was kind of a a bad move. Uh if bad move in in the sense of 
I guess I can say publicity um, because of all the tension that's that's going on with with the NFL, with Cap and stuff. You know, Cap's still not in the league. Um, he's still saying he wants to play. Uh, but you got Eric Reed, you got Kenny Stills, you know, they're still kneeling and they're in the league. But what I find interesting is, you know, we talk about cap, 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 cap. But it makes more sense that Cap is not in the league because he's a quarterback. The quarterback is the face of a team. So they definitely don't want somebody that high profile. The quarterback is essentially the face of the NFL. Any top quarterback is the face of the NFL. They're going to promote quarterbacks. They protect their quarterbacks. They change the rules of the game for their quarterbacks to keep them safe. So they definitely not going to have Cap back in the league and him being the face of a team, also the face of a protest. And, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, we're, we're losing sight of what's going on. Uh, uh, even Jay said, you know, this isn't about Cap not being in the league. And I agree with him to an extent. Cap's kneeling was about bringing awareness to, you know, the the killing, the police killings of, you know, black males. But at the same time, Cap still ain't in the league. So it's definitely layers to, you know, this protest, this bringing awareness and him not being in the league. It's layers to it. All this stuff matters. Because I feel like, you know, Jay could have went to the NFL and said to them, you know, if we're going to do this partnership, then you we need to include Cap in it. Whether it's with this partnership where I focus, me and my company, Rock Nation, we focus on the entertainment side, which is basically what the deal is, the partnership is, but all of a sudden they throw in the social justice in here, which is kind of a, <laughs> a ploy to me to keep people satisfied. They're using Jay-Z's face. They're using his popularity. They're using him being the quote-unquote face of the culture to hide behind these things that they're doing, keeping Cap out the league, uh, not addressing the stuff that's going on with their owners, a lot of the owners um, supporting Trump. Uh, earlier, Miami Dolphins owner got caught up into all that stuff about him uh, doing a fundraiser for Trump and his the companies he owns, Soul Cycle and that other company that he owned. So it's kind of like they 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 were using they're using Jay Z to hide behind all this stuff. And the crazy thing about it is they announced this partnership on the three year anniversary of Cap Nealing. <laughs> which is just crazy to me. So I don't understand. And people always be talking about something, you know, Jay-Z know what he's doing. I trust him. This is what you see all on social media. Jay-Z, don't y'all understand Jay-Z is a human too? And that's what I was talking about in my caption. 
for that Malcolm X clip. We put so much stock into celebrity and we get so romanticized behind it that we we absolutely think that these celebrities can't make mistakes or they can't make bad decisions. And we just have to roll with everything that they say and that their voice is so much greater than ours. It's just it's just crazy to me. But um yeah, Jay-Z could have, you know, had Cap come to the table. You know, Cap has a foundation. They could have brought Cap to the table and him and his foundation deal with the social injustice side, bringing more awareness to it, however way they wanted to do it. And Jay-Z focused on the entertainment side. And they could collaborate it. But we always, you know, run behind the, the celebrity. And it's like, I had to ask myself why why did Jay why essentially Jay-Z basically shut Cap out? It was kind of like it was a smack in the face with the whole when they made the announcement, the statement he made, pretty much dismissing protesting and stuff like that. It was pretty much a slap in, in Cap's face. It was a slap in the risk that he took. The risk that he took to take a knee to bring awareness to police shootings of black males of black people, killings of black people. I, I kept saying males, but, you know, it, black women have died, Sandra Bland, you know. So I just don't, under, I don't understand. Like, this this situation with the NFL kind of reminds me of the same situation that Jay-Z had with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, it was kind of like the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA used Jay-Z's popularity. They used his, quote unquote, being the face of the culture to gentrify that whole neighborhood and bring that that arena <laughs> over there. You know, a lot of people are still pissed off about that. They lost their homes. And, you know, Jay-Z had like what? What was it? Uh? 0.01% stake in the team or whatever. And now I don't even believe he has it anymore. So it's just, it's it's the same situation and, and people are like overlooking this. So this is the capitalism aspect. You know, he's, Jay-Z's about, Jay-Z's always about his business. And not to say that, that he hasn't never done anything good or anything, but he shouldn't be the person that we go to to be, following a movement it's a lot of people that's out here doing the work that's been doing the work grassroots work that you know we need to be putting the focus on but you know we we so stuck on that celebrity and this is just it's just interesting the matrix yeah the matrix let me take a sip real quick yeah so this whole situation and, you know, when Jay was talking about, you know, the protesting, you know, now what and stuff like that. And I just really felt like he was dismissing the protesting aspect. And it it, it had me just, you know, uh, thinking about a lot of stuff. And I started thinking about the Montgomery bus boycott. That was like the first thing that came to my mind with all this stuff. And it had me thinking, like, you know, we can 
we can sit here and say that we're tired of doing the marching and stuff. And I'm definitely one of those people. I, I get tired of seeing a lot of the marches, but I don't dismiss the fact of how relevant that is because everything is a process. We have to have steps in how we go about things. And protesting is part of the process. And I agree with Jay-Z, but what after? But we shouldn't definitely dismiss the protesting aspect. And he did it publicly, sitting right beside Roger Goodell ass in his golf shirt, <laughs> which I thought was funny, too, because he's sitting there looking all leisure and stuff. You'll never see Roger Goodell dressed like that. <laughs> but, yeah, it had me. The first thing I thought about was the Montgomery bus boycott. So I'm sitting there thinking, and, you know, that's something that, for the people who was in my age bracket, that's we learned that in school, the Montgomery bus boycott. But it had me reading up on it and, you know, um, how effective that protest was. And I encourage everybody to, to go back and look up the Montgomery bus boycott because it was a lot of things that went on during that protest that we weren't taught. But... It had me thinking about how effective protesting was and how important it was because that whole protest hit the economic system of Montgomery, Alabama, the bus system and everything. And, you know, the the people in power, they they tried to hit back, but ultimately they put a they put a plan in in place before they made a move. And that's something that, you know, I feel like Jay-Z jumped the gun on. You already have the protests with Cap, bringing awareness to things. So you knew that you had a chance to make this deal. Go to Cap and speak to him and make a plan. I hear everybody talking about these action plans. Make an action plan now. You have the protest in place. You got this deal with the NFL. Make a plan. How how are we going to go next? Okay, Cap, we, we did the protest. We're bringing awareness to everything. So what are we doing now? What are we going to do now? But that didn't happen. So that's, that's how... <laughs> It kind of makes me, it makes me upset. It really makes me upset because I feel like we're just going in circles. This is, this would be like something that, that continually go on. Uh, we, you have this perception uh, where the, us, the black community, excuse me, we want to have progress. But we keep going in the same circles, backbiting, backstabbing, debating each other. We never have, it's like we never have discussions. We're always debating each other. We're always trying to see who's going to be the first one to save the black community. And it it makes me, it had me thinking about W.E.B. Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington. I encourage you to look up that. Just type it in Google. W.E.B. Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington. And I agree with both sides of, of how they wanted the black community to move forward. 
uh, I felt that both their sides were relevant and had uh, a place in the progress of the black community. But I feel as though a lot of times with the black community, we're always looking for one person to lead the whole thing as if we don't have a group, a whole community of strengths, a whole community of strengths. And although people have weaknesses, somebody in that community can strengthen those weaknesses. And it takes me to, it had me thinking about Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King. And if anybody knows me, um, I love Malcolm X. I love Malcolm X. The reason I love him is because of his evolution as a man. I feel like his evolution made him such a great person. But even going with their, their back and forth, you know, it's always this thing where, where you have individuals trying to lead the black community but they keep debating back and forth on their views instead of ha actually having a discussion and coming together with a plan. So let me move on from that because I'm getting a little frustrated. <laughs> but, yeah, then I was saying that, like, a lot of people, you know, saying, so going back to um, – why are we even supporting the NFL and stuff like that? Why are we still watching the games and stuff? And I still watch the games, and I'm still on cap side and everything. But I just don't feel like I need to just straight boycott the NFL because it's like the NFL is, what, like over 70% of black people in the NFL playing? These people have families that they got to support. They came from rough backgrounds, and a lot of them essentially taking care of their whole damn family. So I'm not going to sit here and just straight boycott the NFL when they're not even doing it, you know, because I'm sure they're not doing it because they got to take care of their family. And it's something that they love to do. It's something that they, you know, a lot of them, they probably really love playing football. You know, outside of the money, you know, they really love playing football. But, you know, just even just thinking about, uh, you know, the the deal that Jay-Z made and it it being uh, solely uh, a deal uh, of his company, Rock Nation, to do the entertainment aspect. And, you know, a lot of people were going... You know, a lot of people that's opposed to all of this were talking about how hypocritical he was with, you know, telling Travis Scott and stuff not to perform in the Super Bowl last year. And, you know, uh, a couple of controversies with the past Super Bowl with uh, Big Boy from Outkast performing and, you know, him getting a lot of flack for that. You know, it was a few people that turned down the, the Super Bowl uh, because of, in solidarity to Cap, you know, uh, Rihanna, um, forgot a couple of other people, but yeah, a lot of people have been talking about how hypocritical he was for him to tell, you know, Travis Scott, you know, and stuff to 
to not perform, but then you 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 making a deal with um the NFL. And then what was what was interesting was uh a lot of people well actually not a lot of people but uh Brian Michael Cox which is a uh, a music producer and uh real good friends with J JD Jermaine Dupree and he came out and was talking about how uh JD had essentially this similar deal in place with the NFL and he got blasted for that and he also insinuated that Jay-Z may have told Jermaine Dupri at the time not to take the deal. But he later backtracked and said, you know, he was drunk. So <laughs> he had a, a bad moment. I don't buy it. Jermaine, him and Jermaine Dupri did an uh, interview on Big Tigger's show and came out and said Jay-Z never said that. Jermaine Dupri personally said uh, Jay-Z never told him that. <laughs> And I understand it's coming from his mouth, but from my experience from watching JD, he doesn't seem like the type of person that he likes uh, confrontation. So I don't know. Um, I mean, he said Jay-Z ain't do it, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of people came out and, and kind of uh, agreed that that was the case. But but still, just. Just going back to this whole um, deal and stuff like that and going back to some of the examples that I pointed out with uh, W.E.B. Du Bois uh, versus Booker T. Washington, Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King. And it's like I was saying, you know, we, we keep going in like circles. We we think we, we're moving forward, but we keep going in circles because of the, uh, the backbiting and the backstabbing and this this need to debate and see who is the the most intelligent black person or who should be the savior of the black people, the black culture. And this, we keep getting caught up. And that's kind of like the, in the caption when I was saying how, you know, um, basically, you know, these these celebrities that we keep being romanticized by, they're, they're programmed just like us, you know? And Jay-Z is caught up into capitalism. He's all about the dollar. So we sitting here putting all this stock behind somebody who's about the dollar. Usually people who's all about that dollar will sell you out. They will sell you out for a dollar. They will sell you out for that deal, for that good deal that benefits them. Capitalism, man. Capitalism. Jay-Z is a known capitalist. And him being spearheaded as the, the face of, of, you know, black culture. And like I spoke about him having that previous deal with the Brooklyn Nets. And it's just like they're putting his black face in the front of that deal with the Brooklyn Nets and now this deal with the NFL to basically hide behind him. They're trying to silence that noise. They're trying to silence that protest. And it just, <laughs> it just it still boggles my mind that they made this announcement on the three-year anniversary of Cap Nelly. That's no coincidence. That was strategic. That was very strategic. 
very strategic. The same day, same day as the anniversary. That's, that's a divide and conquer tactic. That really is. That's a divide and conquer. They using Jay-Z in those two instances with the Brooklyn Nets and the NFL to divide and conquer. You had a lot of local activists boycotting the Brooklyn Nets from building that arena and gentrifying that neighborhood. But they used Jay-Z's face. They used his influence to smooth it along because majority of the people are going to look to Jay-Z. Oh, man, Jay-Z, man, yeah, he doing good, man. He making these deals out here, man. He a boss. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. People are blind to the facts. They're blind to the facts. The facts is, is that the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets have invaded this neighborhood and gentrified it. The NFL is trying to silence, further silence, Colin Kaepernick and to smooth over this BS that they got going on with some of their owners in the Trump administration. Smooth it over. Let's use Jay-Z to smooth it over. Why not? He's the best person to do this, man. Come on. All these black people out here that get so romanticized by Jay-Z, him being married to Beyonce, people only going to see it from a positive standpoint. Yeah, it has positives for Jay-Z. It's putting money in his pocket. It's, it's bringing a higher profile to his company, which I think is weird because part of Rock Nation is, you know, they got the the sports management aspect, and you know, I could have swore that that was a conflict of interest, but whatever. Yeah, so like I was saying, this deal is great for Jay-Z. It's lying in his pockets. And I'm not sitting here saying Jay-Z is a bad person. Once again, I told you I agree with certain aspects of what he said in his statement. I also pointed out his charitable work, you know, the things that he's done. And I'm sure he will continue to do. And I ain't surprised at that. A lot of rich people do a lot of charitable work. It's a reason for it. But I'm not going to go into that. But... You know, a lot of people saying, you know, he should have a, you know, he's he's providing us with a seat at the table. You know, that's one thing I can't stand, that statement, a seat at the table, a damn seat at the table. What is that providing us? That's not providing us nothing. That seat at the table is to just keep us in line. Because. Over the years, when we've tried to make our own table, you know, the powers that be had a problem with it. Just think back into history when black people have tried to make their own table, tried to take care of themselves, build their communities up. What did the powers that be do? Okay. Think about it. But then also... Why wouldn't that make sense for them to have? Just to give us a piece, a piece of the table. Just give us a piece of the table. So with all these people, you know, coming out saying that, you know, it's a good thing that we got a seat at the table and stuff like that, it, it had me it had me thinking about um, 
a quote that I heard from Martin Luther King. And the crazy thing about it is I heard the quote like a couple of days before all this stuff happened. So I'm going to read the quote real quick, but let me take a sip. Yeah, so this is the first thing that I thought of when I kept hearing people talk about, you know, having a seat at the table. And this this is a quote from Martin Luther King. He says, I fear I may have integrated my people into a burning house. How deep is that? I fear I may have integrated my people into a burning house. And this is a conversation that uh, he had with Harry Belafonte. And I'm going to read a little bit of what uh, Harry Belafonte said that conversation was was uh, like. Um, and this is Martin Luther King speaking. And he says, I've come upon something that disturbs me deeply. We have fought hard and long for integration, as I believe we should have. And I know that we will win. But I've come to believe we're integrating into a burning house. And this, the, that's like the first thing I thought of when I kept hearing people talk about the seat, a seat, having a seat at the table and how, how great it is for Jay-Z to be doing this deal and so much faith that they putting in him behind it. And granted, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, let's wait and see what happens. But it's just it's just something not right about the way he went about it. It's just not. But like I said, I feel like, you know, if he was gonna do this this deal and part of the partnership was gonna be about social injustice, then you know, bring Cap along. And honestly, you ain't even have to bring Cap along. But bring some type of activist that's out here doing the work, doing groundwork, that know what's going on, uh, know the roadblocks, you know, that's, that's more invested in the cause of social injustice, not the cause of lining pockets. I don't see nothing wrong with that. I felt that would have been a great thing because I always, I just don't understand even when when around Trump became the president and he kept having all those black celebrities coming up to his building and him and then he <laughs> he was using them for photo ops standing in front of that damn elevator or whatever. Steve Harvey and sad to say excuse me, Jim Brown and stuff like that. This this is the same tactic. This is a divide and conquer tactic. This is a smooth me over tactic. You know, let's let's give them something. Let's give them a piece of the table right here. Let's let them think that they got something so we can quiet them down a little bit. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> we got to... We got to open our eyes a little bit and start, you know, thinking for ourselves and asking questions and and stop trying to. And I'm saying we 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 got to do it because I, I get caught up just like everybody else. I'm stuck in the Matrix, too. But 
we got to start believing in our own voices and our own causes. It's okay to disagree with somebody. You can agree to disagree and still support somebody or still work with somebody, you know, because we all have different outlooks. We all came up different ways. We all have different beliefs. We all see integrity a different way, have different morals. So we we aren't always going to have the same thoughts, how we go about things and stuff like that. But we can still follow the same plan, the same the same goal, you know? But if the NFL is uh, really serious about social justice, and this is just my opinion on how I feel like, you know, they could really help. Because honestly, I don't look at the NFL. They talking about something. They want to be in social justice. I don't feel like they can really do too much. I mean, they not policymakers or anything like that. You know, the NFL is an entertainment company. You know, although, the you know, the NFL, they they do have uh, charitable uh, foundations and stuff like that. Um, like, what's a few of their, their foundations? Uh, let me see this. They have a few uh, youth initiatives. Uh, um, uh, what's this one? Uh they do their their fair share of charitable work, you know. But I feel like, you know, if you have a league that's over 70-something percent of black people, and you know a lot of these black males that play in your league come from inner cities and stuff like that, why not, you know, if it's really, if, if they really are for real about social justice, why not tap into those, you know, those communities where your players have come from, you know, build, you know, uh, rec centers where it's after school programs or something, uh, shoot, uh, work with some of the community leaders to, to provide, uh, you know, health screenings or, you know, some of the, uh, business black business people small business uh that have small businesses work with them to build their business up or to provide you know grants for them or work with uh other charitable foundations that give grants to my you know black small businesses and stuff like that you know actually get involved in the community you know <laughs> get involved in the community that has your players that where your players come from, you know, because a lot of the players anyway have their own foundations. They're they're out here doing community work. Partner up with them to help their communities. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just trying to get y'all to promote my podcast and my blog like y'all promoting these Popeye's chicken sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to leave it here, you know. What's this? Uh, I talk for about an hour. And like I said, these are just my opinions. This is just how I'm feeling. This this really wasn't what I had planned on speaking about. But uh, this topic kept being drilled, you know, on social media and stuff like that. 
And so I just felt like I wanted to speak on it, you know, uninterrupted. Uh, my thoughts, my opinions. You know, if you you want to holler at me about this, uh, go to my IG page, A Taste to Consider Podcast. Uh, hit me up in my DMs. Uh, you know, we can further the discussion. If anybody want to, you know, further the discussion, hit me up in the DMs and, you know what I'm saying, we can try to make something happen because I'd rather have a discussion and not a debate because I don't want to be no black person's enemy. I'm just trying to work together for, you know, to move us ahead. But find me on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, and I'm now on Spotify. Shout out to the Spotify listeners. And I'm also on Stitcher. And um, just look me up, type in the Taste to Consider podcast, and, you know, rate me, give me your reviews, and as I always state, download, listen, and delete. Download, listen, and delete. Uh, That's how I get my numbers. I'm really not concerned about numbers because I haven't checked them since my first episode. But, you know, I got to let you know what to do. And if if you really, you know, support me like that, you know, download, listen, and delete. Share it. And shout out to the people who have shared my podcast on Instagram. You know, a lot of y'all have tagged me in it. And I've been getting great feedback from every every episode. And that's that's what really matters to me, you know. Uh, not the numbers, but, you know, you guys supporting me, sharing my podcast, hitting me up, uh, you know, letting me know what you liked uh, and giving me ideas. Uh, you know, a lot of people have hit me up and asked me uh, to talk about certain things or um, to give my experiences on, on certain things. So continue doing that, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's always welcome. And for my Spotify listeners, of course, I can't play no music on Spotify. So as I end this podcast with music, I'm sorry you can't hear it. But I will at least let you know what song I'm going to play. So if you feel like it once this podcast is over, listen to the song. Because usually when I play songs on uh, my episodes, they definitely have a, a little sneaky, sneaky message in there. That has to do with the episode. And this episode will be titled Cap to the Capitalism. <laughs> I messed that up. I fumbled that. Capitalism with the cap being K-A-E-P for Kaepernick. Capital hyphen. Cap hyphen adolism. <laughs> so this is episode five. I'm going to leave it here with the story of OJ by Jay-Z. Thank you again.
white nigga, dog nigga, faux nigga, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga, still nigga, still nigga. Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga, still nigga, still nigga. OJ like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Okay, house nigga, don't fuck with me. I'm a feel nigga with Sean Cutlery. Go play the quarters with a butler's be. I'ma play the corners with a hustler's be. I told him. Please don't die over the neighborhood that your mama rentin'. Take your drug money and buy the neighborhood. That's how you rinse it. Uh, I bought every B12 engine. Wish I could take it back to the beginning. I could have bought a place in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. That same building today is worth 25 million. Guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga, still nigga, still nigga. Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga, still nigga, still nigga. Wanna know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. You ever wonder why Jewish people own all the property in America? That's how they did it. Financial freedom, my only hope. Fuck living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, that shit worth two million. Two years later, that shit worth eight million. I can't wait to get this shit to my children. Y'all think it's bougie, I'm like, it's fine But I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for 999 I turn a 2 to a 4, 4 to an 8 I turn my life into a nice first week release date mm. Y'all here still taking advances, huh? Me and my niggas taking real chances, uh Y'all on the gram holding money to your ear There's a disconnect, we don't call that money over here, yeah Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga Still nigga Light nigga, dark nigga, faux nigga, real nigga Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga Still nigga Still nigga